Hey there, pending pals. Just wanted to give a quick content warning before the episode. There are discussions about rape and sexual assault, as well as discussions of violence against sex workers, as well as derogatory terms used against sex workers. Thank you very much and enjoy the episode. This may not be what the creators intended, but like it can't be an accident that this is in there. Look, I remember it fondly because it had dinosaurs, but I remember it unfondly for every other reason. The Black Donnelly's is pure gold, and you guys are wrong. Joey Ice Cream uh, for president. I'm just saying that selfie belongs in the Criterion Collection. Is it working? Uh, <laughs> no. Never, never has anything worked for me in my life, Ronnie. <laughs> Welcome to Ending Firefly, a Firefly podcast where we end the pen in Firefly times. I'm your host, Andy. I'm some Christmas lights on a black backdrop, and I'm Evan. (laughs) I'm a uh, discount Deadpool costume, and I'm Ronnie. The fact that neither of you said, I'm a lion is a tragedy. If you can tell by those introductions, ending pending is a Firefly podcast where we discuss Firefly. We're discussing Firefly. We're talking about Heart of Gold and Objects in Space, episodes 13 and 14, unless you watch this in a fucked up order. Uh, But before we get into that, Evan has a bit for us. Yeah, I do. I actually came up with one in the span of time. Can I do an Evan impression? Sure. What's the bit? What's the bit, uh, Evan? You say it funny. You go like, "What's the bit?" Uh, okay, thanks. Yeah. I, oh, I did a bad job. Okay. <laughs> We've been doing this show a long time. We got to get our fun intonations and cadences. Uh, the bit is uh, uh, future space pew pew gun or old timey gun for you for your for Ooh. your uh, Firefly Sona. Old timey gun, old timey bang bang gun, or future spacey pew pew gun. For me, it's gonna be future spacey pew pew gun because we live in the now and we get to like give that gun whatever properties it we need it to have based on the network that we are on. Um, mm. And I like it, it is easier for me. To accept the uh, the death of my opponents when it's just, haha, I shot you with a beam of light and now you are dead. And not all the gross blood and, and trauma that comes along with a good old-fashioned bullet. I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Andy, pew-pew gun or bang-bang gun? Uh, I'm going to say bang-bang gun. I, I genuinely think that Malcolm Reynolds' pistol is one of the best hero guns in all of sci-fi. And uh, I would go so far as to also say Jane's pistol is extremely mm-hmm. memorable and, like, could have been, like, the hero gun. Uh, so a lot of the, like, bang-bang guns in Firefly, I think, have uh, great designs. So uh, I, I would take uh, a pistol like Mal's. Uh, I'm also going to say pew-pew gun for me. Uh, and for similar reasons to Ronnie, um, uh, I can immerse myself in the fantasy of the space adventure more with the pew pew gun um because it doesn't feel as much like 
just murdering someone with their organs and their body parts. You can go all the way forward to, like, Star Trek Next Generation, where the guns don't even look like guns anymore. They look like decibel meters. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They look like TV remotes, uh, but they still shoot the lasers. Um, No, I kind of still want it to have the ergonomic gun shape. There is just something that really makes sense about that but i want it to like have leds in it and to have a stun setting and also even if it does do the kill setting i want it to be a sci-fi kill where um you know it's it's extremely fake looking yeah what about like a needler we've just euthanized you as well needler i well the needler is very satisfying it's pretty cool it does it is fuck very the person up though it does fill your opponent with laser quills that then explode but i will say it takes it takes a lot of hits with a needler to kill even a grunt so like you are you are shooting to maim with that one not so much shooting to kill and like that's i I, I don't know it fucks up the regular human ass soldiers pretty quick that's true that's true i guess grunts may be tougher than humans yeah Um, they got our space armor yeah yeah, yeah. I would just, I would just uh, never fight. I don't know. I, I don't consider myself like a pacifist as a label, but boy howdy, I would. I just, I would never. I don't know. I would. I don't feel like I would use a pew a, a pew pew gun like a, like a I, I a real ass real gun. I think my choice also has something to do with the idea that sci-fi is meant to be aspirational. You know. Like, uh, for me, and this is a, this is a very subjective, like, point of view, of course, there's, like, sci-fi horror, and I also like that, I think that's fun, and there's, you know, uh, like, fantasy that is not based on our real world and theoretically could also be, like, an idealized society, but, I don't know, just something about the way that I, you know, have come to perceive science fiction, um... Like, I I like the idea that if it's taking place far in the future, then we've solved a lot of our human problems, and that I simply will not need to shoot somebody with uh, a, a bang-bang, uh, like, explode-your-organs gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I like uh, a fun, uh, like, non-realistic space caper that has stakes but that isn't um i don't know that doesn't have the sort of like grit and sadness that we must deal with here on earth limited as we are by the bonds of time and the political climate that we've found ourselves in you know yeah so speaking of Halo, Nathan Fillion did some extra voices in Halo 3, and people liked the shit he did so much in that, that they gave his, like, any random NPC that he voiced, the like a like a name, because he kept doing, like, the same kind of, like, Holmesy, like, southern accent. And then in Halo ODST, they gave the character a name. They said, that, oh, that was the same character the whole time. His name's Buck. And he played uh, a pelican pilot named Buck. He shows up in a bunch of the Halo games. So from Halo, we can then... Yeah, we can now transfer to Firefly. Well done, babe. Good fun fact. Mm -hmm. 
Love that fun fact. Love love Halo. Love bringing some Halo into here. I do love Halo. I've never played Halo. Love Halo. I uh, I have an unfair bias against it because my brother was obsessed with it when he was like, sure. I don't know, like 11 and I was like 16, which is like when we had the most animosity in our sibling relationship. So, um, yeah, I'm sure that it's very good. I know lots of people who I like and whose opinions i trust who like halo but i you know it was i was poisoned against it i'm sorry to say i replayed through it with housemate kim not too long ago and when we got to uh the the moment where cortana's like where or the the sergeant or whatever's like chief where are you going and he's like to give the covenant back their bomb and then like the music kicks in and the thing opens up and he grabs hold of the bomb and he gets sucked out the airlock and the the like fucking breaking benjamin ass like operatic <laughs> score is just going like i i fucking like teared up uh good shit yeah. anyway let's talk about firefly um That's- Let's talk about it. We watched two episodes, uh, the final two episodes of Firefly. Final two episodes. Um, and you know that Andy's going to tell us all about it. Andy, what happened in these two episodes? Okay, so you're on a ship, and you're getting, like, your new armor. You have to, like, look at the lights to, like, make sure that your your thing is working. And then, like, the Covenant fleet just comes out of hyperspace, and a bunch of boarding parties just start taking over. So you gotta, like, fight your way through the ship, and you gotta, like, fucking turn their bomb off. And then, like, Earth is, like, crumbling. Like, the Covenant has just blown past the back the blockade, and the Arbiter is there, and he gets accused of being a heretic, and, um... Uh, this bit has gone on too long, but then you give the Covenant back their bomb, and it's amazing. Um, no, uh, Inara gets a call from a friend of hers from when she was at the uh, Academy for Companions, um, Companion School, and she's like, hey, there's some fuckholes who are giving us a lot of shit. Please come help. So Nara offers to pay Mal and the gang to go and uh, be protection. Um, they all turn it down. Um, it turns out that there uh, is like this asshole mayor or just a rich guy, hard to say, uh, who has impregnated one of the prostitutes and he wants the kid. And the prostitute doesn't want to give him the kid, and he is just a lunatic. So, um, there's a big fight. Um, the friend of Inara fucks Mal. Inara gets really jealous and weird about it. And Mal is also weird about it. And it's okay, though, because she dies. And they get the baby back, and they kill the, the bad guy, the end. Uh, that was Heart of Gold. Uh, objects in Space. Uh, River finds a gun. And the crew freaks out. Uh, Kaylee is like, oh yeah, she picked up a gun before and she killed a bunch of dudes. Uh, and it was awesome and badass. Uh, except for some reason they don't think that. Um, <laughs> and while they're kind of debating about like what to do, uh, a bounty hunter... Sneaks aboard, 
I remembered him being quirky and fun. It turns out he's super rapey, which was a huge bummer. Mm -hmm. I did not remember any rape shit at all. Uh, I just remembered the, am I a lion? It's hard to say. I do have a mighty roar. Like, I remembered that shit. I remembered him, like, licking the ship. I remembered him, um, like, like just being kind of a weird dude. Like, is it a room when your sister's not in it? You know? Like, that shit. I remembered all that. And I was like, oh, I love Jubal. I don't know why anyone would dislike Jubal. And then on the rewatch, it's just like, oh, he's super rapey. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand why people dislike Jubal, although I've never heard someone say they dislike Jubal because of the rape stuff. They usually just say he's not uh like interesting villain. They say he's lame. But um Yeah, he threatens to rape Kaylee like multiple times. He just mm-hmm. keeps talking about it. Oh yeah, very explicitly, like like very um unambiguously um, um and, like, he'll move on. He'll be talking to someone else. And then he's talking to someone else. And he's like, I'm just going to go rape Kaylee. And it's just like, Jesus, Jubal, can we move on? Can we stop talking about rape for five seconds? Uh, but, like, River has, like, a clever plan. She hides in Jubal's ship. She gets people out of their locked rooms to specifically Mal to then hide in a spacesuit so that when Jubal uh, realizes that River is in his ship, he suits up in his spacesuit to go back to it, and Mal just, like, gives him a push. And he goes flying off into uh, the vacuum of space, which is pretty dark. Um, but he is a rapist, and he hurt dogs, so it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, the crew is happy because they rescued their friend, River, and um, and Nara is secretly leaving, but hasn't told anyone. But about yet, the end. That's it. Like that's literally it. That's yeah, everything. That's there's, all there's of no them. more. There's no more Firefly after that. Um, except the movie. We'll get into that later. Uh, you know, I gotta ask it. Hey, Evan. Yes, Ronnie. These two episodes of Firefly. Did they work for you? Uh, for the first time, I'm actually going to lean on now. Uh, I think these, uh, might have been my least favorite of the bunch, actually. Um, which is, you know, kind of a bummer, but, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't think they worked. Hey, Andy. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, these two episodes of Firefly, did they work for you? (sighs) Tough call. Um... I was coming into this looking forward to objects in space and being worried about Heart of Gold. And I actually think Heart of Gold was less Joss Whedon-y. Mm-hmm. And objects in space felt, like, very gross. Um, and, like, I still like the performance of Jubal. I just hate, like, a good 25% of his dialogue, uh, which mm-hmm. is rough. Um so I, I think I'm going to lean towards no, uh, despite liking a lot of objects in space still and thinking Heart of Gold actually wasn't that bad. But uh, the the bad stuff in objects in space really brings down my enjoyment of it. 
Hey, Ronnie. Yeah, fair. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. I did. Uh, these. Uh, two. Uh, episodes. Work. For you. Ooh. I like that. I, like that. <laughs> I just like that. That was fun. That was good. Uh, no, no, these, these, <laughs> these ones were not, uh, yeah, anywhere yeah. close to my favorite. Every, I will say, just oh. like, God, there was a rape in the Heart of Gold, too. Yeah. Just rapey, yeah. rapey episodes. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, everything that I like about Firefly was, uh, completely absent from these two episodes. <laughs> um, yeah. and so, uh, yeah, no, don't, don't like, uh, upset that this is the swan song. Uh, of of the series, um, yeah. but we must we must first talk about what we did like I about do, these two bad episodes of Firefly. Uncharacteristically, I do have some things. Oh, nice! Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Andy said before we watched the episode that the uh, like this one was controversial and like. Uh, Part of it is because of how like weird the bounty hunter is. Um, I was like high highs and low lows with him. Like I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we'll, we'll discuss this, the stuff that was bad, but my favorite bit of his was when he was, um, <clears throat> he was like strong arming Simon into like helping him find, river and simon basically i'm paraphrasing but simon was basically like well why on earth would i help you and the bounty hunter was like well because you see uh if i bring you around the ship with me the benefit to me is that like you know the ship and i have a better chance of finding your sister the benefit to you is maybe i turn my back and you have the opportunity to turn the tables on me you know like Which is the thing that everyone, like, yells at the screen, you know, like, when when somebody's like, you're gonna help me do the thing, I'm the bad guy, in in every, like, media, it's like, oh, this hero's gonna turn the tables, and I just, something about it, like, I don't know, Uh, I'm not, I'm not into, like, subversion of expectations for subversion of expectations sake, but um, I think it really worked like as a little character bit because of course we the audience know that that's what simon is thinking and the bounty hunter sort of established himself as being like i don't know not it wasn't a meta thing but he established himself as being like genuinely very savvy in that like this manipulation tactic is genuinely gonna work on simon because simon does think that he can turn the tables and he gave him that little bit of hope uh, with that little bit of dialogue. It was good. I liked that bit of dialogue. Um, and then, like, there were other bits. I, I I liked some of the things just of how weird he was. Like, the the licking the ship thing. Um, like I said, mm-hmm. there were low lows. But uh, the line about, maybe you'll turn the tables on me, mm-hmm. and the, the licking the ship were, uh, were fun. And just, like, how... Um, how genuinely weird he was, uh, I think was a good choice because bounty hunters are so often like hardened badasses. And this dude was like 
kind of a lunatic, but like in a cunning way. I don't know. It it could have worked. I like his ship design. Uh, in the Firefly board game, uh, I play that ship all the time. It's really small, so you can't take a lot of cargo or crew, but it's so fast. Uh, love it. Love that ship. Um, I like the laser gun that we got to see in action in Heart of Gold. Uh, I just thought that was like a really cool piece of like world building, and it was... Cool to see in action. Um, I like that when Mal like realized the bad guy has it, he's like, "No, we gotta fucking all leave." Like, uh, mm-hmm. like we we just like grab whatever valuables we can and we are leaving. Um, it was cool to see Mal like genuinely scared. Uh, this was also uh, the the last episode in particular was. Uh, the best that River has ever been, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I mm-hmm. really wish that she had been, like, at this level of, like, functionality, I will say, throughout the whole show. Right. Because she was still, like, it's still clear and alarming that, like, something is wrong with her. But also, she can, like, speak human language and interact with the crew in a meaningful way. And express opinions and feelings that she has about things. But, like... You know, the she's still acting in a way where, like, the fundamental mystery about her hasn't diminished that much. So I don't know why they couldn't have just had her throughout the entire show, like, more or less functional like this, but, like, then going into these, like, fugue states where she picks up weapons and doesn't remember them. Like, the whole... It, I don't think it would have changed anything meaningfully about, like, how the rest of the crew interacts with her. They still would have been afraid of and puzzled by her... And, uh, like, some of them would have been desperate to get her off the ship, and Simon still would have been desperate to fix her, and, uh, very, like, determined to, like, sort of, like, mother-hen her all the time, because he's, like, worried about, you know, her, her being okay, but, like, she still could've, you know, said things and felt things and been, like, a regular character, um... So it's good that we got there, is what I'm saying. It's good that we got to see River as a character. I just wish it hadn't taken this long. I did like the, um, I guess you would call it a twist, but maybe it's just a twist to me because I fully bought into, like, the, uh, what could have been the fiction of Firefly, that she, like, dissolved her body and materialized into Serenity. Mm-hmm. Um, like I thought that that was just like the ripcord they were pulling on Ripper, River's character, and that's what the movie was all about. Was my my ship, my sister River. Um, and so like I was, I was kind of, I, I kind of felt uh, similar to you, Evan. Like that they had not really, and I still think I feel like this, even even regardless of this, that they hadn't really done the River work to mm-hmm. be able to like kind of cash in for that river moment and that river, like, you know, big, big plot twist thing. Um, and it turns out that like, like much, much of this show, it tries to like, Ooh, it's like a, a supernatural thing, but no, it's just like, it's rivers genius. Like it's mm-hmm. river being able to like strategically do these kind of things and, pull one over on this as you said very savvy um uh bounty hunter who like the 
the one thing that like made him start to cower was that somebody was on his ship. And mm-hmm. so like the fact that she was able to get onto his ship was like proves how, you know, how valuable she would be to any, any crew. Um, it just cause she's a genius, not because mm-hmm. she was able to do some ghost genius brain magic. Uh, and I like that the shirt, the show kind of like posited that and then was like, Nope, just kidding. It's it's just because I, she's she's what we told you the whole time. I love that you bought that, Ronnie, because I distinctly remember watching this episode for the first time and being like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, because uh, yeah. like the episode opens with the conversation of the whole crew, like discussing what's up with River, and Mal is like, "She's psychic. She has mind powers," and like the crew debating yeah. like what that means and like is that real? That doesn't seem real, and like is it possible? And so, like, the episode then being, like, she's a ghost in the ship, uh, it's, you know, not outside the realm of possibility for a sci-fi thing, but, like, nah, she's just, she's just toying, she's just having a good time. I I did think that she was going to be fucking with them. I thought that she was going to pretend to have, like, assimilated with the ship and then use her psychic powers to start, like flashing the lights and doing the TV static and shit like that. Like she was going to actually do something supernatural, but pretend that, you know, it was something a lot more dramatic than it was. Um, yeah. So I, I did also for like a second, uh, by like, Oh, it would be better if I go with you actually, because I don't belong here. Like when she was on his ship and she was like, no, you can just come back and, and take me actually like I know that my brother wouldn't let you uh but I've decided that I want to go because I'm a burden to everybody um so it was like a it was like a double misdirect it was like is has she assimilated with the ship no she's in the other ship oh but does she actually want to like go with this bounty hunter so she won't be a burden on the crew oh no it's all a clever plan to kick him out into the vacuum of space also, as a follow-up to the, maybe you'll get an opportunity to get one over on me, there is a, a follow-up bit to that, where they're walking around the ship, and Simon, like, looks like he's gonna try something sneaky, and we, the audience, see him trying to do something sneaky, and it seems like there's some dramatic irony going on, where, like, we, the audience, see the thing happening, and the bounty hunter doesn't see the thing happening, but then the bounty hunter's like, nope, now's not your moment. And it's good. Yeah, uh, it's that not, was good. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the sex scene with Mal and what's her name? Uh, I don't remember her character's name. Is it Nandi? Nandi. Yeah. Nandi or Nandi. Uh, I think it's a pretty hot sex scene for like presumably a heterosexual couple. Um, I think their like dirty foreplay talk beforehand is really good. And Mal like mm-hmm. keeps asking and like getting consent, which is like cool to see in like a sexy way. Uh, but there's a there's a line where Mal is like, "Is it okay if I kiss you or something like that?" And she's like, "I've been trying to get you to kiss me since I showed you my pistols." And uh, that's just hot. Like that's yeah. Weapons in the bedroom is just hot. So I'm here for that. As much as they they packed as much slow burn as they could into this forty three minute episode, um, and it that worked that very much worked yeah. Um, 
I like that there were boy prostitutes. Yeah, I mean, they do thoughtful. call that out and really, like, emphasize it, but... Um, we don't see them much, but they're there. No. Mm-hmm. We don't do see like, them. I and do what... like the, they got boy whores, ain't that thoughtful? That's a good, <laughs> it's a good line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I have in my notes that they, we don't see them ever again, really. And whenever anyone collectively refers to the sex workers, they call them girls. Uh And I don't feel like that's in a like, oh, the girls kind of way. I feel like that is like a derogatory, like the girls kind Uh, of way. I believe we do see one die. Sure, we should. Yeah, we. As as you should. (laughs) There there was one fighting up there with Nandy and Mal. And um, Nandy looks particularly aggrieved when she notices that he's been killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, she seems to take it uh, very personally. It was uh, it was not a, um, a shiny example of, like, LGBT no. uh, inclusion. No. But the line, they got boy whores, ain't that thoughtful? It was, good, very it was good. a good line. That by yeah, itself yeah. was a good line. Uh, and then yeah. Kaylee later going, I wonder if they would service a woman, uh, mm-hmm. was also just kind of funny. Um, what else? Uh, there's a hover car in Heart of Gold, which is fucking fun. I like the hover car. There's some bad, I believe this is the episode where there's some, like, real bad CGI. Um, maybe? Maybe I'm thinking of something different, but, uh, there's a couple of cars fun. There's a couple of instances of, like, bad yeah. CGI, bad composites, you know, bad overlays. That the, the visual effects are not great. I, I, I don't mind this generally, though. Yeah. Anything else work for us about these two? The bit with Jane where you think he's going to get into gear and kick Jubal's ass, like... He reaches up and pulls the sheet down and reveals all of his guns. And, like, the theme starts playing for, like, a split second in the background. You're like, oh, Jane's here to be a big tough. He's going into action. And then the theme cuts and Jane just, like, rolls over. And he uses the the sheet that blocks his guns as a blankie. And uh, it gets me every time. It's real funny. That was funny. It's a great thing. It is, like, two seconds, if that, of just, like, a very well-delivered, like, joke. Yeah. Subversion of expectations there, yeah. Subversion of expectations, but also, like, nope, this is exactly what I would expect to happen in this case. There's a lot of really, like, good, tiny bits in Objects in Space. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, I specifically do really like the ending as well, where, like, we see... um, Mal kind of, like, walking around the ship and talking about how much he loves it. And we see, like, Zoe and Wash, like, being together, being coupley, And, like, Book and uh, Jane are lifting weights together. And they're real bros now. And River and Kaylee are playing jacks. And it's just like, look at this little family. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's cute. Yeah, I wish they would have, I mean, save for Nagus. I wish that but they would have, like... L- ended on a better like stinger than Jubal floating through space and being like 
fuck around and find out, I guess, basically. That was just kind yeah. of like a, a, a lead balloon moment for the whole thing when, like, you could have done something to parallel, like, the, you know, the ship and, 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 and river and, and anything else. But, mm-hmm. um, What didn't work for us about these two episodes of Firefly? 75% of Jubal's dialogue. Uh, I disagree with 75%. But I, I didn't I w- think... I, w- I would argue. Yeah. I uh, think that... I, I agree with Evan, and I like, I like the delivery of a lot of it. But I think that a lot of the written dialogue was very bad for Jubal. And I would argue this entire episode overall, there were a lot of lead, like really bad, clunky dialogue in this entire episode. I don't think this is actually true, but the thought occurred to me as I was watching the episode that it sort of felt like Jubal got all of the little bits of dialogue that people wrote throughout the rest of the series and couldn't shoehorn in anywhere. Like all of the things that they thought were like weird or funny. And they were like, Oh, I can't, I can't trash this. This is my little darling bit of dialogue. And it feels like they just slapped them all on this guy. They were like, he's going to be weird. He's going to be like kind of a psycho. So we can just make him say whatever. Um, so it did not come together to form, like, a consistent character for me. It was just, like... Like, it was just... It was just, like... Uh... Nonsense. It was just... It was like watching Vine. You know, it was like a Vine compilation. (laughs) Of, like... Yeah, these are all... (laughs) Y'all remember Vine? (laughs) But, yeah, it was like... It was like a Vine compilation of, like, different comedy styles and, like, different jokes and, like... Some of them, like, landed really hard, and some of them were just, like, nothing burgers all the way through. So to that point, um, I think I completely forgot that Jubal is a rapist, because it does not fit the rest of his character, like, at all. Like, Mm -hmm. to tack that on to this character, who is already terrifying. Like, that scene with Kaylee is scary without mentioning rape at all. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, like, adding it on just doesn't make any sense. Like, it doesn't fit with, like, what we know. Like, he talks about how he has a code of honor that he follows. And while, like, River, like, kind of calls him on that and is like, not really. But, like, it just doesn't fit. Like, it... It's 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 not good writing, and it, it's uh, like definitely like a cheap thing to try and like make the scene scarier. But it doesn't make the scene scarier; it just makes it worse. Yeah. Also, yeah. the thing about him like chopping up dogs or whatever, like River, like reads his mind or like looks at his journal in his ship or something like that. It's not clear to me if she got that information from the ship or from psychic shit. Um, she says something about like him like, hurting dogs or something like that. Um, that, like, doesn't seem... Like, there. he swings wildly between being, like... Like, 
extremely effective, but like kind of like loosey goosey and flippant and like, like an actual psycho. Um, and like, it just does not, it doesn't work. It doesn't seem to fit. Like the thing, the thing where he stops to be like, well, it's just like, is it her room if she's not in the room? And then also like the, I know Andy likes the, am I a lion? Love line? that line. Love it. Um, like it's a little, it's a little bit silly and it absolutely could work f- like for a competent character. Like it could be like a sort of a funny little like bit for a character that is uh like genuinely uh like good at his job um but like i don't i don't know i don't get this character and it's i want to be clear for if people haven't like watched it it's not even it it doesn't even work on the level of like the the you know sort of like uh like moriarty in bbc sherlock or the um uh, Jason Momoa in Fast X thing where they're kind of like giggling psychopaths, you know, because that's a character trope that exists and can work like that can that can totally work. It's not that it's not even that like cohesive. It's he's just like totally different people. And I don't know what I'm meant to be thinking when I'm watching this. Am I meant to think he's cool? Am I meant to like I just it doesn't work. Yeah, he gives like it, it, I, I I like hazard to say that he's like too clean cut for what they're trying to do. Like he's very like even even River mentions like on the ship like it's very clean up here. Like he has these like I I would trust it more from somebody who was like a bit less put together like mm-hmm. it, it's giving serial killer it's giving very trained uh contract killer like it's like yeah it's it's they're trying to do a lot and i can understand why you would feel like this was just kind of like a hodgepodge of all the abandoned lines throughout the season mm-hmm. evan it's definitely giving that um yeah yeah uh, yeah I feel like they 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 tried to use the rape stuff because he is like it while he is imposing he comes in in this like red jumpsuit and it doesn't maybe immediately strike you as like you should be afraid of this person because we've never seen this person before um but yeah, you don't. I, I don't need the rape. Him, I, him throwing Mal down the stairs and like Mal like hit like you know mm-hmm. like. That that really works to establish Ow. him as extremely competent and yeah, like out the gate he gets around the outside of the ship like and them not being able to pick the ship up on yeah. the scanners and him fucking up Mal right out the gate like I I really don't think they needed to like lean on the threat of sexual violence mm-hmm. to make this scary um in such a manipul like. It, it, in such a it's, manipulative way, too, where yeah, it's, it's like, so gross. Yeah, in a way where it's like it gives it it gives like the Josh Weed Josh Whedon fanboys of the time like flexibility to say like he's not really a rape. Like what he says is, "Have you ever been raped, Kaylee?" And like that is horrifying. Like that's that's what we hear initially. Like it's it's absolutely horrifying and is like 
kind of coy about it. And like, that's mm. just, I, it was gross. Like I, mm, like not, yeah. not that there is like a good way to like bring in a, like a rape threat, but like, it was just also like kind of trying to mask it in something that it wasn't. Yeah, it was bad. It just was bad vibes all around. Bad, bad yeah. vibes. I'm going to, I'm going to go back to heart of gold. Okay. I do not consider Nandy's death fridging by the definition of fridging. And I think that people use the term fridging incorrectly. And that like bothers me a little bit just because like words have meaning and like if you dilute it enough, then like you've lost the meaning. Uh, So like by definition, her death is not fridging. However, her death is bad and dumb and it's like not handled well. And I, I, I genuinely like the character. I think she's uh like for the most part, like interesting and well written. And I, I thought that she was like a good monkey wrench in the will they won't they Mal and Ara shit. And I think she had like uh like good chemistry with Mal. Uh so like that was all great. But her death scene, she hears the 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 evil man is in the house she hears like screaming and so despite like being extremely competent with firearms and having a ton of stockpiled ammunition and like showing off her sidearms she puts her guns down to go investigate and then gets shot without like putting up a fight really at all and it's just like why did you put your gun down when you heard that there was like commotion behind you there you're in a siege like yeah there there are bad people trying to get into your house right now you know this like you're not surprised it uh did you ever see the terrible snow white movie with um chris hemsworth no uh, there's a scene no, where... I didn't think it was terrible. It oh, that's fine. It wasn't, it's, it's not it, wasn't, terrible, but... it wasn't a work of cinematic genius, but... They... <laughs> what's, what's her name? Bella Swan, though. Um, Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart is about to fight the big evil witch. Uh-huh. And she is in, like, full armor. She's in, like, plate mail with chain mail underneath. She's got a helmet, she's got a shield, and she's got a sword. And she shows up to fight the evil witch... And the evil witch shoots, like, fucking magic missile at her, Mm -hmm. and she blocks it with the shield, showing us that, oh, wow, her armor can defend her against, like, this magic, and she's got, like, this shield is going to come in handy because it can block the witch's spells. And after blocking the initial volley, she throws her shield down, takes off her helmet, monologues a little bit, and then gets her ass kicked by fucking magic missile again. And it's like, Bitch, why did you throw your shield down? And all I could think of while watching Heart of Gold was like, Bitch, why did you put your gun down? Like, come on, what are you doing? Uh, so her death is is just bad. Yeah, I I, I certainly had fridging in my notes, and I, I, I you know, I, I'm interested one-on-one to even figure out, like, what your definition of that is, but, like... We can it, get into it, that. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, what, like, what the way that I have see this, it is a character that they just introduced in this episode, 
establishes a pre-existing bond with some of the characters and then builds new bonds with characters that uh, are clearly having their own man pain stuff happening. And they are like both in the script and in character aiming to soothe Mao. Uh, like they are, they are their character and the, you know, the, the effect in the writing are trying to like, Oh, I know you love Anara. So like, let me, let me fuck you. Um, cause we know she doesn't love you too. And, and then, and then she like dies, like you said, not in like a blaze of glory, but in like, what was that over my shoulder? Don't, don't, don't that like, yeah, so fridging, uh, I believe was um, gosh, I'm blanking on the the comic book author's name, but um, uh, she wrote Captain Marvel for a really long time. God, I'm so embarrassed. Kelly Sudakonic, I believe so. I believe she, I believe she coined the term fridging, uh, and it is in response to Kyle Rayner's girlfriend from Green Lantern in the first issue. She's introduced. Uh, she's Kyle's girlfriend. They share an apartment. We learn nothing about her. And by the end of the issue, he comes home and she has been cut up into pieces and is in his fridge. Uh, and that like motivates him to become Green Lantern. And um, like by definition with like fridging, it needs to like be a woman who is introduced right away doesn't really have much of a backstory and is killed off to further the like hero's journey through man pain. Okay. And like, uh, Nandy just has too much agency within this episode for me to yeah. consider it fridging. Like she has an arc, she has a backstory, she has skills. Um, she gets like an interesting relationship, not just with Mal, but also with Inara. Um, she has, like, a cast of characters who, like, are in the background, but all, like, really respect her. She has a nemesis with the main villain. Like, that and her death, I think, triggers Inara's growth just as much as it does Mal's. So while, like, mm-hmm. Mal does get some man pain from it, it also, like, triggers Inara to, like, want to leave the crew. So... Yeah. Uh, I think it's a bad death. I think outside of her like poorly written death, uh, I think she's too interesting of a character for it to like be fridging by definition. Sure. No, that makes sense. That that is that is helpful. Thank you. Uh, but I agree with you. Still, like it just. I, I mean, I am on the on the on the record of of uh, last week, the week before, being like, I I need more deaths. I need more stakes. I need like some things to happen here. Um, uh, didn't mean her, didn't mean Nandy, <laughs> didn't mean in that way. Um, and it, it's just so bad. Like, it's just so bad. Like it, God, it makes me mad. Uh, cause Nandy's yeah. great. Uh, she's the best captain in the Firefly board game. N- Nandy's, uh, uh, special abilities are super broken. Uh, so I'm, I'm also a little attached to her because of that game, but, mm-hmm. um, Gosh, I don't like the two prostitutes with the Shepherd book storyline in that episode, too. Yeah. Like, 
book strikes like many me. of the out, out, I'm sorry outside oh. of Malin and and uh, Nandy I don't like really any of the interactions between the crew and the sex workers at all mm-hmm. um I like the Kaylee talking to wash bit yes that bit's real funny yes yeah right right yeah tell me I'm pretty if I were not wet I would take you in a manly fashion because uh, I'm pretty yeah. yes because you're pretty like that's a good bit but um mm-hmm. yeah it's it's all super awkward. Um, Shepard Book strikes me as someone who um, has met prostitutes before. Yeah, he's they're they're hinting at this like hard badass bad story like backstory that he has uh, where he's like probably killed people. Like he he said something about like shooting dudes in the kneecaps a few episodes ago, and like he's all like about. Like sex workers, like uh, also like. There are two angles to Shepherd Book. Angle one is he has this hardened backstory, like Evan mentioned. Uh, angle two is that like he is a like non-traditional preacher, but that makes him a really good preacher. Mm-hmm. And you know who hung out with prostitutes a whole lot? Jesus Christ. So it just strikes me as something that, like, book, whether you're looking at it from the hardened background or from the, like, he's someone who, like, reads the Bible and actually understands what it's supposed to be about, that he just wouldn't be weird about sex workers. And he is just, like, weirdly awkward about it. And there's these two prostitutes that are like, no, like, we want to, like, read scripture with you. Like, we want to, like, do confession. And he's just like a prude about it mm-hmm. and it's uh it's bad see see my previous comments about i don't think joss whedon succeeded at writing a character who is a religious character who you would want to be around i, I just don't think uh he uh, i don't think he can reconcile the concept of a religious character with the concept of like a cool character that joss whedon likes and, like, Book learns and grows by the end of the episode, and he's, like, not uh, a weirdo about it anymore. But, like, mm-hmm. it's not great. Yeah. Uh, Jane's bad, too. Uh, like, I mean, Jane does what Jane does. Like, early Jane. Like, uh, first couple episodes Jane, where he's just like, I'm gonna take advantage. Like, it, they they hint at it, like, um, with, with Nandy and Mal, like, Oh, like that, that. This is basically your payment is like taking up with with my girls. Uh, any any you know, but the way in which Jane does it is like he does have some good moments where he's like teaching his girl how to shoot and stuff like that, and not even how to shoot, how to like continuously hand him guns. Um, but yeah, it's just it's it's not the. I mean, and, and we talked about before with the bombad uh, guys how like Jane kind of has one note and that is kind of the note that Jane can play and that is like maybe not a writing thing as much as it is like a limit limited view of the world and what is possible for Jane but Jane shows very little growth and like just goes back to 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 being Jane and as as a as a Jane Cobb apologist, as of two episodes ago, uh, I want a little bit as more from Jane my Jane head. 
as a big Jane head. Um, They're called cop heads. Oh, okay. Cop heads. I didn't as think a, that a, was a real thing. I, I, I just, no, I'm just being okay. silly. Look, <laughs> fi- look, Firefly is a deep well that I have not plumbed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I was just like Jane. You had a good run. I'm kind of, I'm kind of over, over the Jane of it all. Um, also, could have used with at least ninety percent less use of the word whore. Mm-hmm. They have been saying companion this whole time, and then Mal gets to say whore sometimes. And they said, "Hey guys, everyone gets to say whore this episode." And everyone said, "Hooray! Let me use it all now. Let me use it right away." Yeah, and trying they, to make they, a distinction that there are like sex workers outside the guild and. Like, they don't have a union, so they don't have any sort of protection. And, like, even Inara is like, no, they're whores. It's like, okay, Inara. Right. Like, bitch, like, right. you can you can chill out. Right. Um, I see no parallels to uh, the modern day of trying to uh, appease or, or seem uh, more sensible or, or more uh, appropriate to a ruling class. And by de- putting down others that you see as beneath you. That are of your same, you know, genre. To your Jane point, I do think um, Objects in Space is, like, an actually, like, really great Jane episode. Uh, He is out of commission for, like, a lot of it. But the conversation he has with Mal at the start where he's, like, pointing out that, like, hey, this wasn't my fault. I don't leave my guns out. I never leave them loaded. And Mal is kind of, like, reaming him out, and he's like, this isn't a me issue, this is, like, people weren't watching River, and Jane is right, like, yeah, uh, I believe him when he says that he never leaves his guns out, I believe him when he says he does not leave them loaded, Uh, and Mal is, like, dodging the actual issue at play, which is that, like, River's got some issues. And Jane, like, frustrated that he's not being respected or listened to, says, like, they shouldn't even be on the ship. And the look Mal gives him and the, like, do you want to go down that road? I just love that scene. I think it's a great scene. So there, there's some <laughs> good Jane sh- shit still still out there. There's some good Jane. I just, I, I re- like, I know that, Andy, you said that, like, you didn't, that you found some redemption in Heart of Gold. I like the Magnificent Seven of it all. Like, I, I'm into that vibe. It just... I I, I I just disliked it so much. I really just, like, put in... I, I don't disagree with you. My yeah, my point yeah. was it was not as bad as I expected it to be. Sure, sure, uh, sure. I sure. feel like it was out-eclipsed for me by how bad Objects in Space was mm-hmm. when I genuinely mm-hmm. remembered loving Objects in Space, and I was... shocked at the amount of like rape content in it which i clearly had like fully blacked out um yeah heart of gold is not a good episode i still like nandy um i still like the the laser gun i like mal jumping on a horse and riding after the bad guy like those are all Mm -hmm. good bits um i like that mal didn't kill him I fully remembered Mal killing that guy, and I like that he brings him back for uh, the the mother of the child to kill. 
And I like that she mm. does it. I love that she doesn't say, yeah. like, if I kill you, I'll be just as bad. As, like, she doesn't say any bullshit like that. She just shoots him. It's like, nope, problem yeah. solved. You are a problem. You're going to continue yeah. making my life hard. Let's just let's be done with this. So, like, there is good stuff there, but the, like, gross aspects of it. Um, yeah. It, it was Joss Whedon-y. Uh, I think Objects in Space was more Joss Whedon-y, but... They felt the need to, like, they, they set up, like, I, I'm interested in to, like, hear what might have come from some of these things. But they set up so many pins that meant nothing at all. Um, just like an off one off shot was, like, Zoe trying to convince Wash that they should have a baby, which feels extremely unzoe like Right? Yeah. And While we were watching it, I was up- like, that's Wash. Wash yeah. should be the one yep. saying, right. let's yeah. have a kid. And Zoe right. should be like, no, we have too much work to do. I have too much PTSD. Right. Uh, yeah, it, it 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 didn't make any sense based on the fact that Zoe's never mentioned that before. Like, Zoe's yeah. never expressed interest in a child. And they spent screen time to share that, and then nothing was ever said about it again. That's them, like, um, not knowing what to do with Zoe. Like, yeah, like yeah, they just, like, totally. throw stuff at her character to see what sticks. And, like, that doesn't stick. That doesn't work. The other thing being that Nandy was like exiled from the guild and they kind of explained it a little bit in her scene with Mal. But like it wasn't there wasn't enough there mm-hmm. that this couldn't just be like an element of the guild like it like or or at least like as as respected, like the fact that like these people are deemed by society as not worthy of like respect like Inara has like we've spent the entire series convincing you that Inara is worthy of respect in the society that these people aren't like I get the idea that that like makes it it feels like maybe what they're doing is like and that's why it's so noble that Mal is here helping them out but it's just like you're it's you're just masturbating your 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 character there. Like, yeah, like I, you could just he he could just want to protect a group of people because they're a group of people in danger without them is, being like downtrodden. This is another. You can go ahead, babe. I feel like Mal is horny for her because she is a rebel and got kicked out of the guild. Like, I think that's more what they were saying about mm. like why they needed this like group to not be part of the guild is so that Mal could be turned on by the fact that she like stuck it to the man and got like kicked out because that's Mal's whole deal. But, um, I, the world building of it just doesn't fit. It doesn't fit that Inara is so respected, but these sex workers who have like the same training are like completely uh, oppressed and like put down by the local town. That's exactly what they I was going to say. Like it doesn't yeah. it doesn't make sense. A post misogyny world where a female sex worker can occupy like the highest rungs of society does not fit with a society where sex workers are still like the most denigrated class of people in society, or, you know, among the most denigrated classes of people in society. I'm not saying that it's impossible for there to be rungs of respect within the same profession, but you don't have, um, like, uh, like 
judges who, uh, like, are respected and judges who have to beg for money on the street. You know what I mean? Like, there are judges who are scumbags and there are judges who are, like, richer than others or whatever, but... They they have established that they are far from the, the... what do they call it? The, 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 like their, their home center point of the galaxy or whatever. I think it's called the core. Um, the core. They have established that they are far from that. And so like you, I could, I could, I would be able to stomach an argument that like, yeah, they're technically a part of the guild, but the guild just doesn't have the resources to come out here and protect all these different folks when these kind of things happen. And these are colonies that are set up by people who don't always have people's best interests at heart. Like, I could stomach that, but that's not what they did. What they mm-hmm. said is, "Nah, fuck them." Like they're, yeah. they're lesser. Like it, it. Like I, I'm, I. There, there is the 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 leaps that they went through to be able to establish that these folks are not the same as Inara is just like it would have been easier to just make them the same make them like, make it, them like laundresses or something like that you know make them a different profession that's also like conventionally held by women that like also like like ha- there's room in this society for them to be treated like shit and that doesn't like fuck with your other world building i don't know they can yeah, still have I, sex I, like they can still have sex and be <laughs> like just people who are like you know in, in other professions that have been, uh, like, marginalized by society. Uh, and also to your point, oh. Andy. I, I was sorry. And also to your point, Andy, uh, I forgot that that was Mal's whole bag, that he was, uh, you know, an outcast rebel cast out of, like, what was once important to him, because they haven't really, like, spent a whole lot of time focusing on the past several episodes because they've wanted to, or I don't know if they've wanted to, but it seems like they wanted to shy away from the Confederacy of it all. And like it, it, they're trying to create a parallel, but I, I, as Ronnie watching this show forgot that that was like intrinsic to Mal's character because it just hasn't come up as much. Yeah. I, I like that he and Nandy kind of like bond over that and you can mm-hmm. uh like mal i think says like oh she's a rebel i'll like do the case for free um so i do think that was like intentional but like yeah they haven't brought up the whole war shit since the tracy episode and um yeah. anywho uh continuing with issues in heart of gold uh i think the worst scene is the uh the rape scene that like we I mean, it cuts to black, but, like, we know what's happening. Um, yeah. Where, like, the main villain is talking about how he has family values and these these uh, disgusting sex workers don't, and they're keeping him from his property, which is this kid, and um, they're going to go and defend the town's family values by, like, driving out these uh, sex workers, and then he, like... We don't need to go into two details, but, like, one of the sex workers has betrayed the group and is, like, feeding this guy information, and he, uh, it fades to black as he, like, says that he's going to, um, like, violate her. And it seems like Joss Whedon is trying to say something about, like, 
conservatives. Like this dude is like painted as like a conservative politician who is like disgusted by uh, sex work, but also is like clearly uh, taking advantage of it. Like he's engaging in it as a customer. Um, so like, I think it's clear that Whedon is trying to say like, look at these conservative men, they're hypocrites and like pat himself on the back, but then also be like really titillated by the like sexual violence of it all. And like how he's using that as a prop is just like, just as gross to me as the hypocrisy of these characters that he's trying to like call out. He's, like, trying to show himself as, like, uh, a feminist and an ally, but also, like, I think to some degree he's, like, titillated by, like, showing the the gross misogyny and sexism of these villains that he's creating. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'm making any sense, but it sounds like Evan thinks I am. So. No, you're, you're Yeah, no, for right. sure. I fully agree with you. And not that it would change anything if this was the case, but it leads to no, like, uh, dynamicism in that character, in that sex worker character. She's still, like, in the next, you know, scene, in the next, in, like, the fight scene, you know, opens the door and allows him to come in, just like I guess they had planned. Like, it doesn't, like, lead her to be like, oh, no, this guy is bad. Like, I shouldn't have done this. No, it, it um, her arc ends with the other girls kicking her out. Yeah. Which, like, did you even need this character here? Like, he could have gotten into that room by himself. He could have found, like, he could have right. found out that they had hired guns without her. Like, he could have yeah. done everything he does without her. Um, he could have announced like the hypocrisy of everything that Joss Whedon wanted to without her. But then, like you said, you wouldn't have gotten a titillating rape, rape scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very uncomfortable. I, I think that I, I don't even like, I didn't even register that because I was so like, I, my ick turned on, immediately and i was just like not fast forwarding but just kind of like let's get through this let's let's really just like burn burn this one down um which like i think i did miss some some good moments because of that but like i don't feel bad about that no Um, no you're you're completely justified by that um also no one on this planet is selling the like southern draw at all um Nandy like is doing her best, but like the the she's best of it. But like the bad politician, the other the other girls in the in the brothel, like everyone is is uh, not didn't show up for dialect practice that day, and it shows. I don't think they could afford dialect practice on this on this show, Ronnie. They did ha- well. They did have. I, I mean, I don't know if they did it for the southern accents, but they did have a uh, a dialect coach for some of the Chinese that was in there. I did notice that, or at least like a a, a, a translator and and someone on hand who like was a consultant for that. I did see that in one of the credits. So it's possible. I uh, I have even if, even if it was just like a, a a best boy grip who was from Georgia, you know. <laughs> 
I have one more positive that I just thought of, but do we want to say any more negatives before we start wrapping this up? Uh, I'm good. <sighs> nah. Uh, two worst episodes? Yeah. 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 I, uh... I'm left with the well. Uh, did you want to say what you were going to say? Yeah, I have some. I've signed some kind of like series uh, overview. Yeah, series yeah. overview thoughts okay. about my experience with Firefly. Okay, my last positive for these two episodes, which are real stinkers, is um, the fact that like Jubal is searching the ship means that we got to see all of the beautiful interiors of Serenity one last mm. time. And there was, like, a narrative reason for it. So, like, we have that end shot where, like, it, it's showing the crew, like, being a family. Um, but, like, the narrative function of Jubal looking for River meant that he, like, went to the engine room and he went to the cockpit and he went to the passenger rooms and he went to the crew rooms and he went to the kitchen mm. and he... Uh, went to the med bay and so like this journey of him going through everywhere and he goes to the hangar and he talks about how much he loves firefly class ships like goes to the shuttles it's uh it's kind of delightful um still a bad episode um I like Jubal, despite the very bad rapey dialogue uh so going on a little tour of serenity uh, I think is great. Anytime we get to see a bunch of the ship, I think is good. Uh, one thing I forgot that I might throw back there. Um, the the resolution of it, where Mal, who has just been uh, punched out, uh, shows up on top of the ship and is like, hey, I'm just going to push you. And like, that's that's how Jubal goes. Like that was weak. That I think that this show has has been able to yada yada over a little bit of the conclusions because of the charm of the show and kind of the like wit of it. But this was just nothing. This was just like just he poked him and he uh, just did a did a Sandra Bullock and I I needed I needed more than that for the conclusion of the entire series. Yeah, well, I don't think this was supposed to be the last episode. So no, yeah. I know, but yeah. st- but still, this this new this new spooky villain who is a uh, you know sociopath and also an expert at his job, uh, who like clearly makes it a habit to walk along ships and get into them from the outside in space. Maybe might have had a trick or two on how to how to circumvent that situation. Mm-hmm. Is a little, all I'm little grappling hook shooter or something. A little grappling hook or anything. Mando's got it. Mando's not even walking on the outside of ships. Yeah. I, my my thoughts my thoughts about Firefly, now having seen all of the Firefly, is that I think I like it in the same way I like Repo the Genetic Opera, which is to say, I like the idea of the thing better than I like the thing itself. You know, Mm. I like, um, I like some of the ideas presented in the show. I like how 
like why the world feels I like I like uh the abstract idea of all of the bits. I like all the bits of it. It's the sort of thing that um it actually like that that does make sense as to like part of the reason why people are into it so much cuz the sort of thing you can write fan fiction about is the sort of thing that really like lodges itself in people's brains. Um so I I think that I like the idea of it better than like these 13 episodes of television. And I think if hard pressed, a lot of people who love Firefly would feel the same way, although I don't know if they necessarily like would say those words that way. That that that's my vibes. I I think Firefly itself the show was kind of mid. Yeah, I I don't think I feel the opposite of you, Evan, but my feelings are reversed where like on first glance, clearly for so long of this show, I did not watch it because I was like, ah, I mean, a smugglers in space uh, and there's, you know, some nuances to their backstory. Like I, I I've seen it. I've done it. I liked this show a lot more than I thought I would. And I like it more than like the idea of it. My thing is just like, and, and maybe this is like, you know, my my uh, expert uh, hindsight of like, I wouldn't have fallen in love with this if I was watching it back then. Like it is incohesive enough that I am I'm I don't know. I don't. I, I don't think I would have like seen it as like this instant cult classic that like folks did back then. And like, it surprises me that it was, um, I think the other part of it besides just like, this is a little glimpse into something that has like a lot of space in it. Like it's a, it's a little glimpse into what could be a very large sandbox. I think the other reason that it became so popular is because we didn't get any more of it. Like, people never got a chance to get sick of it. People never got a chance to have certain questions answered. People never got a chance to, like, have some of that, like, wild empty space filled in. And so, like, their imaginations ran wild with it. And the idea of, like, the show that could have been got romanticized more than the show that actually Can I add on to that? Yeah. So, added on to that fact, because I think Evan's completely right, I think a huge part of the reason why Firefly had such staying power and became this weird cult classic is because people's imaginations run wild with, like, writing the show that they wanted for seasons, you know, Mm. two through seven that never existed. Um... Add on to the fact that people were kind of pissed off at Star Wars at the time. And so, like, Mm. a lot of fans jumped ship from uh, complaining about the prequels to, like, becoming obsessed with Firefly. Uh, Mm. The Star Wars fandom was super toxic uh, at that time. Like, it is uh, all the time. But, like, specifically, (laughs) uh, the prequel fandom was uh, bonkers. And uh, so they grabbed onto Firefly, and it was really easy to do, like, uh, costume parties, you know, like, 
the fans for Firefly were doing these big parties called shindigs, and people would dress up in their Firefly sonas, and they would like recreate props like the cards and stuff, and they would play pool, and they would play Firefly on big screens, and all sit there in their costumes, and so like it was easy to like write fan fiction for it was easy to make fan films it was easy to do these huge themed parties because at the end of the day uh a lot of the costuming and stuff well like good was very approachable and uh, a lot of the props mm-hmm. were you could get the same airsoft guns as the models seen in the show and then just super glue some bullshit onto them and you got a firefly gun mm-hmm. and i mean it you know uh we kind of uh, have had our turn mocking it um, by our modern sensibilities, but the fact that the show was like more progressive, I'm sure like in that same vein where like star Wars is star Wars and it's this monolithic thing in that way, like it, there are probably, I, I have to imagine there were some fans who really like glommed onto that in the same way that like it was, in the same way that's the Joss Whedon of it all. Of like, aha, I am both in a genuine way, in a sincere way, and in a, haha, I am so much more intellectually developed than you. I like this show that has that has gay people. Um, we we had two Or at least named, mentions gay people. We had two named women characters kiss in Firefly. We still have not yeah. had that in a Star War. Yeah. Um... I like yeah. I, I just I can when you mention this the the concurrent events of the Star Wars that of all of it all, it is easy to see why lots of people might find this you know a bit more appealing, whether in a tongue in cheek way or in a real genuine way. Also, um, people don't get at me in my menchies about the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Blinking, you'll miss it. Kiss those bitches don't have names. They don't have names. They don't have names. They're, They're not on, characters. They are on this. If you want to go right now, uh, they are on Star Wars Pride merch right now. Oh, fuck um, off. That is that fuck is being off. sold not right you. now. I'm not yelling fuck off at you, Ronnie. I'm yelling fuck <laughs> I know, off at the Star I know. Wars Corporation. You should go. You should, you should go check out. So I saw that on TikTok today. You should go check out some of that good, good pride merch that Star Wars Nameless background lesbians out. merch. That's yeah. what we need. That's what equality yep. in society is about. If you don't and platonically, also rainbow stormtroopers. So if you don't platonically kiss like another pilot after blowing up a. a <laughs> A thousand Death Stars. Like, come on. Like, we don't even know that they're girlfriends. Yeah. <sighs> Anywho. Um, I forgot the most, the most like, damning Joss Whedon thing of, of all of Heart of Gold. That they go through all this thing. They go th- through the whole bit about sex workers. And they, and they like, you know villainize them and kind of lift them up, but then villainize them again, whether it's through characters or the writing. And then they have the nerve at the end of everything at Nandy's funeral to finish with amazing grace. I was gobsmacked. I absolutely hated that. And it felt so. Yeah, it's gross. It's not good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got to give my closing thoughts on Firefly. I haven't gotten to do that. You give your closing yeah. thoughts on Firefly. I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, I 
loved this show for a long time. And coming back to it was kind of like hanging out with an earlier version of myself. It was kind of like hanging out with like college Andy. Um, and like there is a comfort in revisiting, you know, a, an old book that you used to love or an old movie. And so like rewatching this show was interesting. I'm. I'm glad we covered it. I'm glad I rewatched it. I still really enjoyed it. Uh, I think it's overall like a pretty good show. I do not think that it like deserved the obsession and the staying power that it had. Like if it had continued for three seasons and then been canceled or five seasons and been canceled, I think it would have been like long forgotten by now. Yeah. Um, so I do think that that's kind of compelling and interesting that like everyone got to write their own versions of the show in their heads of how it would have continued or how it would have ended. And then the, like the movie came out a few years later and people have been begging for a sequel and kind of like writing sequels to the movie and just doing the same thing over again. Um, so like it is this interesting artifact Um Will I rewatch it again anytime soon? Like, probably not. Like, I used to obsessively watch and rewatch the show. I don't think I'm ever going to, like, have that sort of relationship with it again. But, like, I think it's a cool concept. I love the cast of characters. I love a found family that isn't trying to be, like, a heteronormative family structure. Um, I like that the heroes are kind of messy and not, like, great people. There's a lot of good shit here. So, like, Alan Tudyk. I mean, come on. So, the opening song, a banger. Uh, So, yeah. Like, I I think Firefly is good. I don't think Firefly is the best show ever. Uh, I don't think it's... I think at times it's great. I don't think it is always great. I really want it to... And I think that you could you could make the same argument for a lot of media, especially Star Wars and especially a lot of things. But I think those maybe have simpler messages. But I really just like wanted the show to say something and really stick the landing on it. Mm-hmm. And I just don't feel like I really ever got that. Like the, 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 the fact that like Star Wars at the end of the day is like a morality play for seven year olds like you know what Star Wars is trying to say for the most part, and there are nuances that you can pick apart and, and really, like, sit with. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, like, Andor's, Andor's a great point, because I feel like this was kind of, like, trying to say things in the same way that Andor had things to say about culture and about, like, the larger world, because we're these, like, small potatoes smugglers doing this. And it really never landed the ship on anything outside of, like... I honestly, I think they did a good job with Jane and like talking about how somebody who has been mistreated their own whole life can, uh, you know, forward that that violence along and, and really never be able to expand outside of the, the limited view they have of the world. I think there was something there. But otherwise, I don't really think that the show said what it wanted to say outside of just like. 
the 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 like very textual surface level stuff. To that point, Ronnie, I think you're a little bit having a modern perspective on sure. an older show and like TV shows just like didn't quite do that, you know, like maybe match storytelling. Did, you know, I, I it, just like TV like, was like, different films back were then, not though. like, you know, like you have some shows like mash or, um, God, mash is like the only older show I'm thinking of, you know, like, Sopranos, but that's HBO, so that's like an exception. But like, well, like network- Star-, Star Trek had shit to say. Sure, yeah, Star, Star Trek, Trek definitely was did always have shit saying to- shit. Star like, Trek was always, always saying shit. Yeah. That's fair. But like network TV, by and large, for the most part, it was like we're gonna have you know the same episodes over and over and over again, and like you put it on, and you kind of always know what you're gonna get. It doesn't ma- doesn't matter if you watch it in order or not, you know. Uh, and, like, this is kind of coming out of that miasma. Like, Joss Whedon was an early person to, like, push those bounds as far as TV is concerned. Yeah. Still a dirtbag, but, like, he did kind of push what network TV could tell story-wise. Um, now, looking back at it from a modern perspective, I don't think that your critique is any less valid. Like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a piece of art, it's not doing that, and you're completely right. Like, it, it really doesn't have much to say other than, like, Cowboys in Space is pretty fucking cool. Right, yeah. What if we had banjos in space? And it's not, it's and not th- that I'm... Just- and, like, they are right. They are fucking right. right. No, Cowboys cool. in Space, yeah, no. fucking cool. That's what I mean. Like, when, that's when, the sandbox people like when, to play whenever, in. Like- whenever mm-hmm. the, the show goes completely silent because they're... It's the outside establishing shot of the ship, and then it lights up and the banjo plays. I'm just like, fuck, yeah, take me home to Serenity. Mm -hmm. But, like, to your point, like, does it have much to say about big government, small government, or planet rights versus alliance rights, or metaphor about race relations or sex work like r- or really sex not. work or, or yeah yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah it, it touches I, on a lot of shit and i think and that my, my do and, anything and, and 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 this this goes to your point of what you're saying of just like joss whedon being like you know a forerunner in this in a lot of ways but like you can see how he sets up the pins he can he like sets up that like this is there's a clear allegory here um and then nothing like i i that that's the part that's the part that if it was just like hogan's heroes you turn it on and it's just like some you know campy uh nonsense then fine but it's this idea that like we're we're establishing things that could be said and then we're just not going to say them no. like again, again that like even just establishing that, like, things could be more nuanced on TV, you're right, is a big step. But me, in my media, because I uh, have watched a, a bunch of TV and have picked it apart bit by bit to try and figure out <laughs> what are they trying to say, um, they don't They don't cut that mustard nope. for me. My very, very uh, niche and unique perspective of it is that they don't make this for me fair 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 
Well, anyway, to watch the movie. Yeah, I'm pumped for the movie. <laughs> we're doing we're doing Firefly, and then we're never. Well, no, the movie's we're called Serenity. We're do, the movie's called We're doing Serenity. We're never doing Firefly, but we are doing Serenity. Yeah, we did it yeah. until they come out with season two. Where they may radio.